keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total Effin' Marks. I am your host, the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world. Joining me as always, Sergeant Slaughterhouse, Scotty Chaplin, Andy Cups, Robert Karpolis, and Zach Attack. How are you guys doing? Yeah, let's take that from the top. It's Total Effin' Marks! <laughs> this is just going to be a love letter uh, to AEW from Scott Chaplin this entire episode. You know that was fun. It was really it was really fun, and we will sure as hell get to it. But, but more important news, let's start out with number one, MLW signs disgraced referee Tim <laughs> Donaghy. What other disgraced celebrities should make their way into the wrestling world? I've already got one. I'll start out. I think they should just fucking bite the bullet and hire Kevin Spacey to manage Lars Sullivan. I, the freak <laughs> manages the freak. And also they have like, they have like a, for Halloween Havoc, they're having like some sort of haunted house match between Dexter Loomis and uh, Cameron Grimes. Do it on Epstein Island, man. Like have a fucking Prince uh, Harry, not Prince Harry, who is it? Prince Andrew running. You know, like, let's set it off. An Epstein Island match, an Epstein Island match is actually phenomenal. Like, to to pre-record that would be so much fun. (laughs) Get some of the kids from the Connors Cure in the ringside. I think it'd be perfect. (laughs) Uh, Pat Patterson, what are you doing here? (laughs) I come Uh to book the match. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I would, I think that, the, you know, the COVID like, filming roles would be very lax, so that, that's a that's a plus. Uh, oh, was the only 19 you're going to see there. Do you think this uh, MLW uh, is gonna, <laughs> hiring of Tim Donaghy is going to make any waves? No, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert, you worked at MLW, right? I, mean, I will neither up. confirm nor deny that fucking bullshit. <laughs> uh, look, Tim Donaghy is a disgraced, horrible human being uh, who who was who pled guilty to basically fixing basketball games, uh, and then subsequently other other charges, including assault. Uh, so he'll fit right in with the current crop of executives <laughs> at MLW. Not that I'm bitter. I love them all. I wish them nothing but the best. Um, I, I uh, the question, sorry, was disgraced celebrity to to pick for for wrestling. Um, my vote would be as the new spokesman for the Hurt Business, Orenthal James Simpson. Uh, (laughs) Wrongfully accused former NFL Hall of Famer, OJ Simpson cuts a hell of a promo. Um, I I think, you know, yes, he got minor legal trouble. You know what? So did MVP. They they both spent time in jail for wrongful nonsense. OJ would look great in a suit and he's going to be better than Titus O'Neil. 
he's definitely going to be better than Titus. I mean, well, they, they didn't let Titus in this past week for Titus. Yeah, OJ, I will say, like, the last, um, the last Showtime Sasha Baron Cohen show at This Is America or whatever it was called, um, they had, you know, they interviewed OJ, and he was super charming. Like, he's still... Yeah, that's his thing, man. <laughs> it was Ted yeah. Bundy's thing, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, OJ rules, and he Stop, happened to murder a lady. I think you need to go a little more realistic. Somebody that like we're mad at, but it's real. It's like who gives a shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, you know, now that I see Kenny Omega has broom girls, maybe Lori Laughlin could get involved somehow. Because <laughs> what did she do besides like help her kid? Right. I mean, it's if you're not mad at Joe Biden, you're not mad at Lori Laughlin, right, Dan? What about that? Exactly. Exactly. We uh, we support. We don't. We're not going to tell you guys whether or not we support. Trump or Biden on this podcast, but we do support Hunter Biden. So uh, anything Hunter Biden does, we're a hundred percent behind. Yeah, um, give me a hell yeah, <laughs> Jeffrey. Um, it would be kind of funny to have Jeffrey Tubin as one of the um, Thunderdome laptops in the middle of it. <laughs> it starts fucking Hunter Biden. He he's someone that qualifies for DDP yoga, right? He has that type of history. Does he have a DDP yoga history? I don't know. Aren't his what teeth you... all fucked up and stuff from drugs? Oh, that's right. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's Hunter Biden, Scott Hall, and... <laughs> yeah, the new Bullet Club. Which is crazy, because Tiffany Trump was apparently a wacko this week, too. Like, they all have some fuck-up kid. Every single one of them. Uh, number two, <laughs> The Fiend <laughs> squashes Antifa. Yes, uh, I'm wondering, would you guys consider this a burial this past week? Let me briefly recap what happened. Um, The the Fiend was in the ring. He disappeared. Then Retribution uh, lost lost, uh, against the Hurt Business fair and square. You're making this sound way better than what actually happened. Retribution surrounds the Fiend, who completely no-sells them, they charge at him like a bunch of fucking clowns at a Three Stooges uh, uh, video, and then the lights go out. They're gone, and then uh, Slap Nuts or whatever is like, like, like touching the ground as if he like, where, where did he go? Then the Hurt Business comes out, beats the shit out of them. They go to commercial. They come back from commercial. They get their asses kicked in a match. They make T-Bar tap out fucking clean. Then the Fiend comes out and beats the fuck out of the rest of them. Ali tries to run away. They get him. He finishes them off. Segment over. Uh, I think Retribution is going to be just fine. <laughs> I, I will say this. I do not think it's a burial of Retribution. I think it's an ending of something that should end. And so I'm fine with that. I do, however, think it's a burial of Ali because he just joined like two weeks ago. And it's there's no reason if you're going to squash them and make them disappear, which I'm assuming is what's going to happen. Why the fuck does Ali have to get involved? Why do you have to ruin him? Well, now well, they're obviously, obviously this was kind of, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe there's some long-term booking behind it. No, <laughs> no, I texted you during this day. And I'm like, did they all test positive for steroids at once? And this was their group <laughs> punishment. Uh, I, this I thought Ali's promo was pretty, it was a pretty good heel promo for, you know, it kind of reminded me of when, Bubba Ray had to do that Aces and Eights promo for TNA that was like, even though it was like, he was like, it was just desperately trying to put band-aids over bullet holes. He did like a pretty decent job with it. 
I'm going to echo what Scott said and that I'm fine with this ending. I don't know. Like, I don't know how, if you're not going to go all the way with this retribution thing and like, like really bring up legitimate gripes. Like one of the reasons that like, you know, the McMahon Austin thing worked so well is because it was like, it had had to do with the Bret Hart thing, you know, like it, it was, it was based on a real thing and retribution. It's all these like veiled swipes of corruption. So if they, if they can't go the full way and bring up, real stuff then whatever i guess i guess bury it so here's the problem though they buried it and then they let him do a promo later in the show where they look strong in the promo they reveal that ali was the hacker the entire time and that they're still going strong so the angle pivots to that then ali on twitter puts a puts a tweet out there that basically said if my name wasn't mustafa ali and it was like joe smith you would say that I'm fiery and passionate as opposed to calling me a, a, a radical. So now they're, now they're going all in on the weird racial overtones that seem to have existed here. So they just keep putting bad idea on top of bad idea with this to the point where I, I just, I honestly don't know what the fuck they're doing. I thought if this was it and it was dead, they'd be fine, but it looks like they're still going with retribution and treating them as something serious after this. Well, the thing well, is, it's like the most diverse stable they have there's like a black guy there there's a a muslim guy there there's a fucking whatever dominic dijakovic is eastern european i guess mia yim it's, it's like a cover of a fucking social studies textbook so yeah they just need a guy in a wheelchair yeah you just need well you know if if, if ali keeps taking those bumps you know give it a couple <laughs> years um but yeah i i will say this though like in in wb's defense if this was AEW, like, and, and you know, I like AEW, like WWE, I'm not trying to throw anybody to the bus here, but they would keep this going for another year. They would dark order the shit out of this. And at least Vince has that muscle in him to be like, this shit fucking blows. And yeah. yet Aaron Corbin's been on TV for three years. So there goes your theory. Well, he's tall. So's, uh, so's, uh, I can't think of the uh, Dominic Madden's name. No, I know it's Dominic, but do you, whatever do you, Mace. I, I couldn't Mace. think of what it was. Oh yeah. Well, I, I do think the good thing is is that they have these dumb names and they are wearing masks. So once you don't want them to do that, you can just restart them. Uh, Ali is a different situation, but with these guys, just re-debut them, and you're fine. This is the company that made two of the three members of Three MB World Champions, so they can they can rebuild anyone. For sure. That is true. Uh, speaking of rebuilding, number three, Jake Hager has another MMA fight in like a week. I don't know if you've checked out Brandon Calton, his new opponent. Where the fuck are they getting these guys? They <laughs> Holy shit, man. It's like every single one of them looks like the night manager of a fucking Dairy Queen. Like they like just like dust them all. None of these guys look like they're in shape. Like one of the guys I think was like, working at a farm the week beforehand and they're giving them such like lemons and I, I guess that like what's surprising about this is they really haven't advertised this fight a lot and I, I, people were you know speculating whether or not it's like punishment because he low blowed his last opponent and it was a no contest but uh yeah, yeah but why isn't AEW pushing it what? Is, there, is there concern he's gonna lose I don't know. I will say this guy, you know, the guy that he's facing does look tougher than the last couple guys he's faced, but he still kind of looks like 
he looks like a shitty stepdad in a really bad TV movie. Exactly. I mean, yeah. He's got like a he's he, he's tall, but he has no definable physique. Um, there there's no abs whatsoever to this guy. Also, this is on like the pre-show of whatever Bellator show this is, and the risk whenever you put a wrestler in an MMA situation is if he winds up legitimately getting his ass kicked, it's very hard to come back from that. You know, Punk going out there and getting his ass kicked was kind of, that was fine. It was like when John Favreau was on Friends. Like, it was like, he's not really an MMA. He's going out there and trying. But if Lashley were to go out there and lose an MMA fight or if Brock would have lost a UFC fight, it, it runs the risk of really damaging them when they're pushed as an unstoppable monster on, uh, on wrestling television. Well, so this guy is a Eastern Tennessee State Buccaneers football alum from Johnson City, Tennessee, without a doubt the worst like maybe second worst but definitely top three worst cities i've ever done stand-up comedy in and uh, they're like oh he's a he's a he's a, a famous alumni i'm like are they known for I, I don't really know shit about college football but i don't remember you know east tennessee state having uh the alabama or clemson reputation dude have you been to memphis i've never been to memphis i hear it's awesome there's just wild dogs in Memphis. Memphis, Graceland is cool, and there's like a little street that's kind of cool, and then it's just fucking awful. Ever since Lawler lost the title, that whole town went to shit. <laughs> Which happened like, what, six months ago? Because you know he's still working every other weekend in, he uh, is. in Memphis. Oh, I I've seen Lawler live more than anybody, I think, because I just like walked into a boys and girls club. <laughs> he's, still work he's still working live gigs there? Why Hell yeah, man. It's crazy, dude. He he really is like nominee for like everyone talks about Terry Funk being the Iron Man in the business, but Jerry Lawler really is wrestling's Iron Man. Dude had a heart attack in the ring on TV, and and is still going strong. I mean, going strong should have air quotes around it, but yes. <laughs> Speaking of Bellator, didn't McGregor like just today? tweet something about how they, they don't have proper drug testing and it's like absolute bullshit and unfair to, to people who fight for that company. Oh, Conor McGregor treated that? The guy, yeah, who, yeah. the guy who's known to be the most reputable person in the world. Although he doesn't fuck around. I don't think he, he has not got, you know, dinged for the drug stuff. No, he just punches old guys in bars and shit, which <laughs> is cool, honestly. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, like some of these, like we all know, we're all watching that, um, you know, Roy Jones and Mike Tyson fight, knowing that they're both going to be on a ton of shit, right? When is that? When is that? I think it's in a couple weeks. It's either December or... I haven't heard anybody talk about that. Die, dude. Like, somebody's going to die. Especially, like, Roy Jones' last fights where, like, he just looks like he's, like, about to be broken in half at any moment. You know, the guy's, like, 50 years old. Oh, so you think Tyson's going to win? I don't know. I mean, I think the only reason I'm going to go with Tyson is that Tyson has less like was Roy Jones in his prime is a way better fighter than Tyson but Tyson has way uh, less miles on him than Roy Jones hmm. so that that would be the only reason that I would think that maybe Tyson would win it depends on what they're cycling him off of uh I worked a Tyson fight when I was at Showtime in 2004 against he faced Danny Williams and he lost and part of the reason why was he was on it uh to keep him level set and calm at that point he was on a tranquilizer that's usually used for like elephants and they hadn't weaned him off of it enough and he wasn't able to fully shake the effects of the medication that he was taking which is why he went out there and kind of got drubbed 
So you, you never know when it comes to Tyson what kind of weird fucking thing he's he's coming in with. And 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 what is that? Is that is that to calm him down because of roid rage, or it's to calm him down because he's Mike Tyson and it's just his that's his chemistry. Knowing that I was going to be in a building with him, I don't care what it was for. If it was needed to keep him level set, because uh, I had seen videos of him threatening to to kill my uh, my my bosses before. The whole "I'm going to eat your children." Um, yeah, was a, a one of them was a dude that I worked with where he showed me the video. He's like, "Oh, this is really cool." Here's where Tyson yells at me. He's like, "Like Jody, I'm going to eat your fucking children." I'm like, "All right, that's that's kind of cool." But yeah, that's awesome. It, Imagine yeah. you're the kid who. It, he, Tyson is saying he's going to eat. That's fucking badass. <laughs> he's all cool dead out now that he's on the Tyson ranch. His, uh, I, I follow his uh, celebrity bodybuilding trainer on Instagram. Who's like, his, he's like one of the biggest douchebags ever. Uh, so I'm kind of rooting for Roy Jones. Uh, side note that had really nothing to do with this. Side note, follow us on our Instagram. Yes. Boom. Total effing marks folks. Oh, we had a fun uh, and, and, follow, and become a member of Patreon. We had a mailbag episode last Sunday. We're going to be doing Hell in a Cell this Sunday. Check it out. But before we get to Hell in a Cell, let's talk about AEW Dynamite this last Wednesday. Uh, it was, uh, I, I, I like the show a lot. I felt like this should have been the year anniversary show. What did you guys think, Robert? This was top to bottom, my absolute favorite episode of AEW Dynamite that I've ever seen. It's not even close. Um, I loved just about every single segment of this show. I thought they had the, they used the right momentum. They built the right people. The, the Kenny Omega stuff with Sonny Kiss. This was my favorite version of Kenny Omega I've ever seen. Everything they did with him, I thought was spot on. The over the top entrance, his expression, him murdering Sonny Kiss in a few seconds. Then the fake patronizing, putting him over after was fucking fantastic. Um, fantastic. Penta and Phoenix can do this in their sleep. We, we booked them uh, several times in MLW. Th this is the kind of match they can do all the time. Uh, I loved Eddie Kingston on commentary for it. I loved Eddie Kingston's promo that they showed from the week before. Obviously, the, the MJF Chris Jericho musical thing was one of the, the most brilliant, just balls to the wall, like, what the fuck, let's do it kind of thing. And I think it paid off beautifully. Uh, I thought it was it was awesome. Uh, I'm sh I'm sh genuinely shocked how much I love this entire fucking show. I loved Wardlow and Jungle Boy. I was into that match. So yeah, I don't great. know what's going on. Um, I don't know if my, what my, my tea is being spiked or if my Tony Khan checks are finally clearing, but I am all in favor of AEW. It's like a rom-com, but you're slowly falling in love with Tony Khan. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trading AOL emails with him this whole time. Didn't realize it was him. <laughs> Scott, this was one of your favorite episodes. You told me to check out the MJF Jericho segment. I thought that was great. I, I loved it top to bottom. What did you think of the show? It was all so much fun. And, and, and the way you said how you thought this should have been what the one-year anniversary show was, yeah. to me, it was like this kicks off the second year. And like, right. if this is what we're getting in the second year, holy shit, it was so much fucking fun. Uh, my fear is that they're going to try to push this MJF Jericho thing too quick and try to get that match uh, at, uh, what's it, what's the next paper? Full gear. Full gear. I pray to God that doesn't happen. I don't think it can happen. I want to see MJF in inner circle and I want to see him try to break them up, uh, you know, and fail at it. But I, I want to see that happen. I want to see that match happen at Revolution. Yeah, it was top to bottom. I thought unbelievable. The Omega thing was hilarious. I hope the Broom Girls don't come out every episode 
but I do hope he does something ridiculous like that every episode. Um, and next week you got Kenny versus Penn, uh, versus Phoenix, which I saw that match at, um, Northeast wrestling. I guess that's what it's called. NEW, uh, in upstate New York It's the best match I've ever seen live. So if they do anything like that, it's going to be holy shit. And I know they got a lot of competition with, uh, fucking Halloween havoc, which part of me wants to watch Halloween Havoc over AEW next week, even though it's it's a, it's a stacked card. You got Wardlow versus uh, Hangman, which will be really good. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was flawless, man. I don't get the hate online about the uh, about the MJF Jericho thing. I see a lot of people saying like, oh, if WWE did it, you'd shit on it. And it's like, well, yeah, because their execution would be fucking awful. And it is. There's a difference. These guys know how to be funny and they executed it properly. It, it's night and day. I hate that argument. I think it's a dog shit argument. Well, it just depends on, I mean, like, to me, I thought the stuff they did with Otis this past Monday was really fun. You know, I like, like that. And people shit on that. I like that. That was good. Yeah, I thought that, yeah, I thought that was super fun. Uh, Robert, did you hate it? Hate what, Otis? Yeah. I thought we're getting to it later. Oh yeah, we're getting to that. Getting I'll to I'll save the the shitting on Otis for uh, for later. Uh, the one thing I'll disagree with you, Scott, though, is I think they can pull off the Jericho thing quicker because I think that what's going to wind up happening, I think MJF's going to wind up taking over the inner circle and they're going to be able to turn Jericho babyface. And I think a babyface Jericho makes sense, especially if Omega winds up taking the title and they do Omega Jericho as a rematch with Omega as the heel and Jericho as the babyface. Because I think that the crowd loves Chris way too much for him to still be a serious heel. They like doing the sing-along with his song. He's over-the-top entertaining. I think a sinister MJF leading the inner circle gives them a great heel. And I think a babyface Jericho sells a shitload of merchandise for AEW. Well, sure. But even if that's the case, that match has to happen at a pay-per-view. And after this pay-per-view, the next pay-per-view is in February. Unless they announce a new pay per view, it, it's revolution in February. You know they, they do. I wouldn't rush it. I would. I would do like, you know, Inner Circle versus, I don't know, like maybe not Jurassic Express, maybe Dark Order, just something like where you have MJF and Warlow team up with the yep. Inner Circle and put them all in the card because this card is already going to have. It's going to have FDR and the Young Bucks. It's going to have Omega Hangman. It's going to have, you know, um, Mox and. Kingston, it's it's gonna have it's and an I quit match, yeah. Why why stack it again? You know, I agree. The Kingston, uh, the King, the two Kingston promos, the one from last week that they aired this week was unbelievable. His backstage yeah. promo was unbelievable. His commentary was unbelievable, and Moxley's promo was unbelievable. I actually thought, you know, I like I like the promos. And number five, we're gonna get into uh, our NXT review. Um, I like the promos. I, liked, I think I like Dynamite better than NXT this week. But in ring, I thought my favorite in ring match was Kushida and Velveteen uh, Dream and Champa. Yeah, I mean, and, and every once in a while, it kind of like it, it got a little diluted by throwing Velveteen Dream in there. But the chemistry those two had, I'm like, oh man, I could watch this match at least five more times and yeah. not get bored. Um, but yeah, I, I dug uh, I dug Dynamite's. Uh, the only, I think like, uh, the only thing that I, I guess I was like a little bit eh with was the main event was kind of like whatever, but, um, you know, MJF has got a great voice. That's, that's for sure. I, I didn't see that coming. It, it is funny watching Jericho try to try to go as a musician. <laughs> it's not, he definitely struggles way more as a musician than he does as a wrestler. 
Like there was a couple times during that musical number where I'm like, oh man, he's about to, I mean, he is about to just, uh, like I could almost see his leg caving in like Sid Vicious on the top rope, like some of those high notes. Yeah, he was also blown the fuck up. He was red in the face. Yeah, but it was really fun, man. So. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a blast. I, I thought, the, uh, again, the whole show start to finish. That first hour was so unbelievable that I thought the second hour was going to be awful. And it was great. It was all great. Everything worked out. I mean, in ring wise, I didn't like, I didn't, I wanted to like Pentagon and Phoenix a little more than I did. I liked it, but I guess that's just a match too. You kind of want to see live, you know? Yeah. And also, you know, to me, it was like, oh, you, you say you save the epic match between them in, in the future when there's an actual issue or you know something yeah. like that but it, it, yeah, it was yeah. it was very good and i'm glad phoenix won this was a special match because penta took his glove off and threw it at him you never <laughs> see him do that never see that spot it's always it's always fresh and i'm sure that the uh, the fans in the uk loved it since apparently according to the notes here uh dynamite doing amazing numbers in the united kingdom oh dude unreal like what what is it like double uh double smackdown maybe yeah, it's, it's doing great in um in the united kingdom and i think it's i think it was well impact was doing really well for a little bit there too and um yeah, you know I, what it I, is that the brits love qt marshall <laughs> that's what they're here for oh that was a weird thing that they paid off like the bunny turning on him on dark after all these months that was kind of a weird little thing yeah, no, I was it's where it belongs. Dark, and I saw that the bunny was back with the butcher and the blade, and I was like, "When did this? Did they just reset this?" So that what there was a storyline where he like she like turned on QT Marshall. Did she do the Carlito thing? She spit the apple in his face. Like, they said happened? like Eddie Kingston talks some sense into her, and now she's back with where she belongs. <laughs> I, I wish they reset it for us, just the Men in Black. <laughs> okay, that didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, AEW is doing great in the UK. I, I know they're bummed out because they want to get over there and start touring. But they're supposed uh, yeah, to be summer, mean, right? Yeah, but it, you know, it's it's funny though when you watch like NXT UK, it's it's it, the crowds are pretty hot, you know, and the crowds are pretty hot with with Raw too. Maybe just UK audiences are just insanely good. I'll say this: if we're if we're gonna go into the next uh, the next number for NXT, say it right now. Number what? NXT. NXT. I thought the NXT crowd sounded better than AEW's crowd. And it's because you're in a confined space and blah, blah, blah. But I did think they sounded better. Because holy shit, imagine the AEW show in front of a live crowd. That show we got last night. Be fucking bonkers. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, 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 it was, it kind of reminded me of like an old school Raw though last night in the sense that like I'd rather watch that show. Um, from home than I would go attend that show, you know? Yeah, but the crowd got over uh, Anthony, the kid that Timothy Thatcher beat up. Like, they were chanting for oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, I'm listening, I was like, wow, that was pretty That was pretty impressive. Like, the audience made it seem like they actually gave a shit about this random guy. Yeah. You know, and I don't mind the Thatcher thing either. got legit heel heat at the end of the episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad he's back. He did a great job. Uh, and he's only going to make the show better for some reason. And I hate saying this because I do like just wrestlers wrestling, uh, but they do need guys like that to spice things up and make it fun. He, he, he makes the show fun. Who, fan of the show, Pat McAfee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
you know, I, was, I, 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 I liked NXT, man. I mean, I think that they didn't really advertise anything that was going on, but. No, you know. but also good, good that they didn't because every finish, and it's a problem uh, when they do advertise it, is every finish is kind of wonky, you know? Yeah. And, and there's never like a real payoff. So uh, I, I'm glad, like, you know, if they promoted that tag match and then you saw those guys get taken out like they did, it, it's, it's fucking annoying. But um, you, you guys, don't mind so much. No, I sent you guys in the text. I didn't know that this was a thing that uh, Shitsy, I mean, Shotzi Blackheart, uh, trademark uh, Mike Lawrence, um, she <laughs> was selling pictures of her dookie to fans. It was like yeah, for five dollars a pop. How much would you pay for a picture of Shotzi Blackheart's boo boo? Zach, we'll start with you. Zach, can you check the container of a uh, shit you have and, and see and see the price <laughs> at the bottom of it? <laughs> Zach's gone. Zach is asleep I right now. Muted. Zach has Zach has quit the podcast at this point. He heard what we're talking. He's like, Zach, like, how did you guys know? Zach just looked up with shit smeared on his yeah. lips. Huh? That's where all of our Patreon money has gone to is nothing but pictures of shots. He keeps sending her ears of corn because he wants to see what winds up happening. Well, that's what I was just doing. I, I thought you guys told me to use the Patreon money to as much as I could. I'm so envious of, of a thing like that. I, w- I wish, I wish, you know, you hear girls like, you know, oh, I take foot photos and they just have like foot accounts. My, if anybody knows how to make money where it's just dude feet or something, please help me out here. I will gladly send photos of my feet for money and my shit. How is that not part of the Patreon? Like if you're at the $10 level, you get pictures of Scott's feet. Yeah. <laughs> for 15 bucks, we stop sending it to you. I've never really wanted to see a woman shit that's never been a sexual turn on for me. Never want to. No. funny to see like Yokozuna or Mabel shit, like just see how big it is. <laughs> it all looks to me like I'm a fucking weirdo. Look, I mean, we we pay ten bucks a month to see this shit on the WWE Network, so five dollars for hers isn't that much, uh, isn't that far off. <laughs> I just didn't know this was a thing. I guess this was a story that broke last year, but I didn't. You know, to be fair, it is real punk rock. You know, she she wants to be like a punk rock thing. Yeah, that is. I agree. That is punk rock. Oh no, it's it's real pro wrestling. This is carny shit of figuring out any way to make a buck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This was the 60s. There'd be a line. You sh- she wouldn't be able to take photos. There'd actually be a line where they just look at her shit. And Robert, when you were there, were, did 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 you guys did anybody come down on any wrestlers for doing some stuff like that? Like not really selling pictures of their dookie, but anything like like uh, OnlyFans or some stuff that they're just like, dude, this is a uh, this is a bad look. I mean, that stuff didn't necessarily, we, there, none of that really existed at the time. Um, I mean, the big hubbub for us was we had Candace Michelle and she had done like softcore Cinemax porn years before. So that was always kind of the, the knock on her. Later, now it's this whole idea of wrestlers that have done custom wrestling videos and then it comes out online. That, that you know, that most of the women on the roster and I think uh, Marty DeRosa likes to send this to me every once in a while. Seth Rollins did uh custom wrestling for like it's really it's geared to a very specific audience of of men who like to watch men wrestle in very scantily clad clothing in very suggestive positions uh it's it's online rollins tried to get a lot of it removed but that that always makes the uh makes the rounds but uh where would i find something like this 
on on our Patreon, no, <laughs> on our Instagram, uh, I, I I'm sure I can ask Mr. Derosa to, to to dig that up again because he likes to drop that every couple months on me because he thinks it's it's the height of comedy. Um, but uh, they always go deep into the into the archives in terms of what wrestlers have done. I mean. The, the Lars Sullivan stuff that we talked about before Mickey James had done uh, adult content years earlier to pay for wrestling school, I think, which is kind of adorable and horrifying at the same time. But uh, there's, there's a lot of the WWE goes back and forth in terms of what they are okay with and not okay with in terms of wrestlers past. I mean, the can the fact that they had a problem with the Candace Michelle softcore porn thing, I mean, there, I, I don't know if you've seen that video. It's like the most tame video ever, especially in comparison to some of the stuff, especially in comparison to like whatever Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa are doing for their OnlyFans subscribers, you know? Well, well Omega's made videos like that kind of to a degree, right? Yeah, like 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 boy toy car wash stuff, right? Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is, but I'm sure Meltzer gave it uh, six stars and thought it was the it was the best uh, thing he's seen. I think the Candace Michelle part of what their frustration over it was was this is still the point in time when there was a relationship with Playboy, and they're like, well, if the, it's already out there, then we're not going to be able to make money on it. Is this is your first chance to get to see these people naked? That was sort of the appeal with with the divas oh. to trying to press them into getting into adult context so we had ashley massaro and then she went up in playboy and it's like hey you want to see her naked like we're gonna sell it on playboy so the like 15 years ago that kind of shit was big now it's like horrifying to think like oh that's why we would sign a, a female talent because we can tantalize you and then sell images of her naked uh now you you know that that you'd get picketed and boycotted and all that other stuff unless trump gets reelected, in which case you know fucking Throw the doors open. Yeah, in, that, in that case, they're putting fucking Andrew Yang in a shark tank above the fucking ring. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I, it'll be to Zawa. They'll just tell him it's Andrew Yang. Vince won't know the difference. <laughs> I love it. Uh, number six. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of dirt sheets reporting this week that Vince McMahon does not care what we think about Goldberg. He does not care uh, that. The smart marks can't stand Goldberg's booking. I would like you guys to piss off the internet wrestling community with the next hypothetical Goldberg angle. Scott, we'll start with you. Well, I don't know if this is going to piss them off because I actually love this idea. But he's got to show up on SmackDown. That's where the numbers are. That's where, you know, they want to make the most, uh, the biggest splash. So who's on SmackDown? You got Roman Reigns. Yeah, okay, sure. Who gives a shit, right? You don't want to see that match. Nobody wants to see that match at Mania. We were glad that uh, Reigns backed out of that shit. But now Seth Rollins is there, right? The church of Seth Rollins, you have this whole thing, blah, 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 blah. Goldberg comes out. I go to synagogue. <laughs> And then you you have you have you know you Does know go a, over? a religious war. Yeah, of course he goes over. Robert Goldberg will always go over. M moving on from the the Jew hate, which I'm all for. Uh, you know, well, my, there was my, no hate there. That's no, that's, I, I, that's I sensed it. That's why I'm, that's over. why I'm here. I'm here so you can be like, no, no, I, I know Robert. I can make these jokes. It's fine. 
Uh, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm going to steal Dan's joke. That's why they gave AJ the uh, the bodyguard. So they'd be like, look, AJ knows a black guy. He's not racist. Um, that's, a, that's a dancer and Dan, Dan main joke. Uh, AJ Styles is a Danny McBride character. I don't know if you saw the back. <laughs> like, he had just some posts like, hey, man, like, uh, it's not my bodyguard. It's my friend. And he's tall. He, he's, he's really tall. Isn't that pretty cool? He's tall. Imagine him on the basketball court with me. Like, Side this note. Guy, I love the fact that they didn't like they they put a name on the graphic Jordan Oka something I don't remember what his name is but then they they never acknowledge his name they just call kept calling him like this guy this large man like nobody like it's it was clearly a production fuck up because he was just to have a name but they all just kept trying to identify him with just vague pronouns um, and then the best was I think it's so stupid they put him with him because it makes AJ look so small someone sent me a picture of AJ and Hornswoggle and now I can't unsee it that that's now what AJ looks like when you stand next to this guy had a piss off smart marks with Goldberg angle uh, Scott you had the right show you had the wrong guy uh, the hottest star in wrestling right now is is heel monster Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman as his manager putting Goldberg in there with him Goldberg squashes Roman Reigns in 20 seconds Roman Reigns gets up, realizes that he should have never been a heel, suffering succotash, I was not being an, uh, a good guy, and now he's back to pure babyface, wearing the vest, big dog Roman Reigns, all because of Goldberg's spear. No. That would be fucking brutal. That match does have to happen, though, right? I mean, Reigns does have to fight Goldberg. If Goldberg returns, that's the match like we're technically owed. Hopefully what they do is they they give Goldberg the Goldberg treatment and Rain spears him out of his shoes Kill and him. that's the end. So otherwise you have like maybe you just have Goldberg show up to like spear and then afterwards you never really take you just have him show up like be like three minute warning, you know? He shows up, you're like spears Sami Zayn, he I don't know. He spears retribution. I'm, I'm not sure. Like anybody else, not that high on. Or well, knowing Vince, he'll think he'll think it's a babyface move if he has Goldberg come out and confront Reigns about not showing up at Mania, being like, "See, it, it wasn't even that bad. The president got it. He's 74 years old." <laughs> oh, they they put him Number in a. Seven, uh, <laughs> Robert. I was going to say, now you, you put him in the uh, the Firefly Funhouse thing like Cena, just Goldberg walks in, I'm not doing this shit, and just turns around and leaves. And that's oh, the whole I segment. I love that. Just completely no-sells it. The, to build up the Fiend and Goldberg Saudi Arabia match, they had Goldberg, like the Fiend like interrupted his interview, and Goldberg just goes, I'm not going to do this, and he leaves. Yeah. It's like the worst. No, that's how you no address that's what you do. It's a, it's the same thing with Freddy Krueger. You know, it's like, I'm not afraid of you. And that's how you beat, that's how you beat a, a thing like that. Because the fiend is a reflection of your issues and your problems and your fears. And, and when you give into it, that's how you lose. For an angle you don't like, you've really given this a lot of thought, Scott. No, yeah, I'm just trying to be nice. But, uh, but you, that's what, that's why like, it's like all like guys who are too afraid to do heroin love the fiend because they like the idea of fighting a demon within themselves, but they're like cowards. So it's like, my addiction is uh, Doritos or whatever they think is their problem, you know? Monster energy drinks, they're, they're ruining my heart. <laughs> Number uh, seven, lights out of the ring, guys. We uh, come down wrestling pretty hard. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna go 
and highlight some positive things that have happened in the world of wrestling this week. I'm going to start out. Uh, Paige celebrated two years sober, which is pretty fucking awesome. Uh, especially, you know, I mean, like when she and Albert Del Rio were like on the road, I was like, oh, this is going to be like the wrestling Sid and Nancy or something. This can't end well, but you know, she's sober. She's, uh, she looks great. Still, you know, like she rebounded from the neck injury. So, uh, that's, that's my, that's my light side of there. That's my light side of the ring guys. Scott. Here's my light side of the ring. Uh, much like Paige, just different timing. Um, Marty Janetti is two hours sober. <laughs> <laughs> and we are so proud of him. I think it's because he's and asleep. By that, I mean his, uh, his drug dealer's phone is on airplane mode. Yeah, he's actually locked out of his apartment. <laughs> um, he's currently breaking the basement window. Uh, but it's taking him a while. So he has been two hours sober. I hate you so much, Scott. I had written my positive for the week is Marty Gennetti is still alive. That was my on my thing. That was my note. Uh, that should just be a weekly segment. Is Marty Gennetti alive? Yeah, we should call him every week and just ask him and then hang up. We can't do that because his phone might not be on every week. Not because he also might be like investigated by the feds and then like what? they'll notice a call every week from us and then we get in trouble. Maybe it's like we do like a stand by me thing. Like we pay a bunch of country kids to just walk up to his body and poke it with a stick. <laughs> um, number eight, it's time for Scott's New Japan Corner. We uh, got to the finals of the G1. Scott, bring oh, it down. baby. New Japan. Yeah. So uh, Kota Ibushi fought Sonata in the finals of the G1 in a match that uh, I didn't really give a shit about. I know Dan kind of felt the same way. You just have such yeah, amazing it was, matches. It was, it was just there. It was just there. Yeah, yeah, you know, you have all these amazing matches, and then you have a guy like Sonata who is good. He's very good. Uh, but he's a guy who you watch and you go, man, I'd love to see him in the WWE, which is not really a compliment uh, nowadays. But he is somebody that I would like to see in NXT or go through to developmental because he is fantastic. And he does have a really good look. He's just not as good as these other guys in New Japan. Uh, Kota Ibushi won the G1. He will, as of now, be fighting uh, Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. They announced that Wrestle Kingdom will be on the 4th and 5th of January to, uh, 2021. So it's two nights again. They're doing the same thing. And uh, they announced the Power Struggle um, matches uh that's the next uh show the next pay-per-view oh it's wrestle kingdoms two nights again this year yeah it's two nights again man which i'm uh, you know i, I guess i well, like they it have, they can't sell it out the same way so i guess it doesn't matter yeah and you get a shorter show and i, I liked it last year i can't complain is it gonna have uh, 36 man tag matches well no that's the good thing so if it was one night you would have that but since it's two nights you have 15 six man tag matches and then 15 six man tag matches Oh, good. Uh, which is much easier. Uh, Power Struggle, the main event, is fucking Naito versus Evil, which boo that shit, but hopefully that's the nail in the coffin. I mean, it's got to be, because then all you have is uh, is Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, but then you also have Tanahashi versus Kenta for the uh, U.S. title uh, shot opportunity. Kenta won that um, in, in the States during that tournament for uh, that Lions break show that they have every Friday. So Kenta's putting that contract on the line against Tanahashi. Some people are saying Tanahashi might win that shit, 
because uh, they want to see Moxley. Moxley is the U.S. champion. Uh, fight Tanahashi, but they're also saying that there might be no chance that Moxley gets to go to Japan, uh, considering how we are doing with COVID over here. Also, uh, at Power Struggle, you have Abushi putting up uh, his G1 uh, victory, his 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 contract for the IWGP Heavyweight Title match uh, against Jay White in a match that we've seen enough fucking times. And I hope Jay White doesn't win, but I do enjoy all of them. Uh, and that's really all. They also announced uh, New Japan and All Japan are going to have a show um, on uh, January, February, March, April. April is the fourth month. On April 2nd, 2021, it's going to be a giant Baba tribute show. And uh, All Japan and New Japan are going to have a show together. That'll be cool. Dude, how great was uh, Moxley's promo on Wednesday? It was unbelievable. Yeah. The was, best promo I think you've had in AEW. Dude, th- th- that, whole, that whole idea of, like, I'm going to beat you so bad, you're going to be my friend again, or you're going to fucking go away forever. I, I, lo- I don't think I've ever heard that. Like, I'm going to beat your ass so bad, you're going to be my friend again. And uh, you can only say that to so many people, but it works with Eddie Kingston, and it works with Moxley. Where, uh, man, I'm just so fucking pumped to see that, man. It's going to be awesome. In your, in your mind, who do you think had a worse title run this year? Evil or Braun Strowman? Who? I would say Evil. I would actually say Evil because with at least Braun, they like tried a couple things. And it seems like Evil, they just, they're like, oh, fuck, this does not work. And they just. Yeah, they just repeated the same thing over and over again with Evil. Did but they, did they drown I'm- Evil in a swamp? <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> but that's what Dan means by trying things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it was two different, it was two, two very different types of, I don't know. I actually kind of liked what they did with Braun and The Miz, but um, yeah, I mean, later on, it kind of. Dude, but Braun uh, is like, and, and I think you mentioned this to me at some point this week. It's like he's getting worse, right? I don't know what, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my fashionista hat again. I don't know what's going on with that gear, man. I mean, it looks, it's very like, you know, Waco defend, defending, you know, the Waco compound, David Koresh's army sort of shit. Oh, yeah, dude. He looks it's like he's working in a steel mill in a musical. but i think what they realized because they didn't he wasn't supposed to have that title reign obviously that was the covid situation because of roman and they put him in there they realized what they've kind of always realized which is he's too big and and dominant looking to be an effective babyface because there just aren't other guys that are big enough to go against him so now they're trying to turn him heel in this ridiculous uh storyline with keith lee where they just keep kicking each other in the nuts which is the same story they did with Brock and Taker and with AJ and Nakamura, and it never fucking works. I think they're trying to turn Braun heels. They have him ready for McIntyre at some point in time, but what they're doing with him now is just weird. Yeah, I bet. It sucks, guys. (laughs) I mean, it's really bad. Braun Braun has that look. He does have that thunder. He looks like he's about to strip at any moment with that outfit. You ladies... (laughs) You ladies uh, need a raccoon removed? He has that kind of look. <laughs> oh, I love I love that stripper identity. <laughs> Pest control shows up. Removing a raccoon? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, number nine, Hell in a Cell predictions. I'm really excited for this pay-per-view. It's a, it's a really fun card. There are only four matches announced, 
but you know, three out of four, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about. So let's, I let's, hope it's only four matches, man. I hope it's a two hour show, 30 minutes each match. Let's get the fuck out of there. You want a 30 minute Elias match? What kind of fucking sociopath are you? <laughs> no, I want, I want a 20 minute Elias concert and a 10 minute Elias. Well, you, match. You, need, you need one of the regular match to separate the hell in the cells, right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's go through this. Uh, Perfect place to uh, advertise our Patreon. We're going to be reviewing Hell in a Cell right after it happens. Please become a member. Let's start out with uh, Jeff Hardy versus Elias. My prediction is Elias goes over. Seems like Jeff's, you know, Jeff's job during this run is to, you know, get their new guys over. It's it's a pretty good use of Jeff Hardy. I I actually think they're, you know, they're using him the best way you could use Jeff Hardy now. I don't know how much better Jeff Hardy would be in AEW. Um, as far as the storyline, it's a little weird because Elias knows that, you know, he knows that Jeff Hardy isn't the one who ran him over. So I don't know why he has that gripe, but, you know, I, I thought the concert thing was kind of fun on Monday. It was a little bit different. I think uh, Elias goes over, or maybe Elias is disqualified when he, when he hits him with the guitar. Scott? Uh, I hope Elias goes goes over. I hope it's not a funky finish. I'm sure it will be, and I'm sure we'll get a rematch on SmackDown after that. Or no, Raw, Raw, Raw after that. And then the next pay-per-view. Uh, but I do want to see Elias go over. And, and I do like Jeff Hardy's role as this. It doesn't hurt Hardy. Hardy's a legend. I mean, he's like a he's one of those rare guys. Like, I guess Rob Van Dam is kind of the same way where it's like, you're still working, but you're very much like you could just have a legends contract. Robert. I think the the strange thing with the Elias and I, I genuinely hate it. I think every segment of raw, which really surprised me, didn't hate it, but just was baffled in the decisions they made. The Elias gimmick as a heel doesn't work because his song was actually really good. Like I listened to that song. I was like, it, the, it's funny when you're a heel and you're either fake lip syncing because it's clearly not you or you're a shitty singer who thinks you're great. And those are the reasons you want to see you get your ass kicked. Instead, Elias went out there and sang a song that if you heard that as like the official theme for Hell in a Cell, you wouldn't bat an eyelash, which is strange. So it's like, how is he getting generating any real heat? So I think what they kind of have to do is figure out a way to take away his ability to sing which means you know he gets dropped across the top rope and all of a sudden loses his voice. And now he's got a reason to go after uh, Jeff Hardy going forward. I think Elias has to win because he, this is his big return and they have to build it up. But I'm sure there's some way for him to get some kind of a fuck finish out of it. But he'll, he'll win, but he'll cheat. I, li- I like how Robert's basis of a good song is if it's a theme song for a pay-per-view. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's the low bar for like, it, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going out and getting the album on Monday, but. Uh, I mean, the greatest pay-per-view song is like what? Click, click, boom by, by P.O.D.? <laughs> no, bro. It was a deadly game for that Survivor Series 98. No, it's, it's no, the brother. Armageddon. No, it's the end is here. The end is near that the Doors ripoff song for Armageddon was fucking great. Yeah, I loved that shit. But my way, man, my way. WrestleMania 17. Come on. Okay, that was a good. That was a great video package. I will give him that. Great song too, man. WrestleMania 11 when Salt and Pepper sang "LT is a Mighty Good Man," (laughs) which is off the network. Which is the only thing I was excited for. Was I'm like, oh, I get to see this, or and they got Hank Williams to do the fake version of Monday Night Football, uh, where it's going to be a slam jam, which is one of I always think of that whenever I heard the Monday Night Football theme. 
Zach, who do you got? Uh, which match are we talking about? Jesus fuck. Put down <laughs> oh, the Shotzi Blackheart picture and pay attention. <laughs> Zach is just furiously masturbating to a picture of Shotzi's dookie. It was a scratch and sniff, too, so he, he paid extra. I'm getting really upset you guys keep interrupting me about this. <laughs> the, uh, the match is uh, Elias Hardy. Oh, I was paying attention. I didn't yeah, know if you yeah, guys were yeah. still talking about that. Oh, no, man. We're dragging this, this match up <laughs> in 10 minutes. Uh, Great name for a law firm, by the way, Elias Hardy. <laughs> Elias has got to win, right? You're right. It, it, they're, they're, put, they're putting over the younger talent. It's the best way to use Hardy. I don't care otherwise. So, yeah, Elias should win. Here's my fear. Jeff Hardy is going to try to sing a song on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, next up, uh, Bailey versus Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's Title in a Hell in a Cell match. I'm going to say Bailey just because I don't think that this is the end of the feud. I think that they're probably going to go back to this at WrestleMania. Uh, I think it's going to be a great match. Um, I, I thought it should headline, but if if Bailey's going to go over, I don't think it should headline. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, Scott? Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think this is going to be match of the night. Uh, and I think Bailey goes over. And I hope it's a fucking clean going over because I, I don't want to see this, uh, this end in a funky way. I think they're both so great. And last year's Hell in a Cell match with uh, Becky and Sasha was so underrated. unbelievably good. Very underrated. Yeah, so I, I hope they go wild with this. There's also, am I wrong? Is there another uh, stipulation within this match or no? I'm not sure. Right now, it, it just says there's so there's just, probably going to be because the whole thing now is that Bailey won't sign the contract. Yeah. So I'm sure they're going to add some nonsense to it. Man, I hope they don't do the fucking thing where Sasha goes over and then you know Bailey reveals like, uh oh, no, you want a non-title Hell in a Cell match. Well, also the thing about a women's like match that is like supposed to be hellish and scary is like, well, okay, yeah, but you could also just make it a triple threat regular match with Nia Jax, and it's much more you know deadlier and, and frightening. <laughs> yeah, you could just have yoga with Nia Jax is scarier. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A little cell match. Yeah, you just have to hey warm up, warm up with Nia Jax. <laughs> Robert- Run the road. With Nia Jax. It's weird that the it's kind of sucks that the first match that the two of them are having after this is a Hell in a Cell because it's it's designed to be your big blow off for a feud. So you want on, on the one hand you want Sasha Banks to theoretically get her revenge, but it's kind of someone pointed this out to me. It's kind of a fucked up weird story where it's like so Sasha and Bailey were shitty heels who bullied everybody for a long time, and then Bailey turns on Sasha, so a a, a heel you know, turned on another heel and now Sasha is the baby face and we want to see her get revenge. Like, no, she reaped what she sowed. You were hanging out with someone who was fucking terrible. If you've ever seen a mob movie and then the one guy turns the other one and kills him, this is what happens. Uh, that being said, I, I think there's going to be some stipulation they're going to attack on there to, to make, make this work. Either that or Bailey gets like a fluke roll up. And then after Sasha just continues and destroys her in the cage. All right, and uh, Zach? 
All right, I'll book this entire angle for you guys in order to make up for my uh, my Hardy Hell yes. Elias thing. So it can't be the fan fiction you wrote already, though. It's got to be a brand new idea. Well, God damn it! All right, never mind. They're not allowed to shit. <laughs> uh, so Bailey is going to win. The stipulation is going to be Sasha can't challenge for the title anymore. That goes for Sasha winning the Royal Rumble, and then the Royal Rumble takes them to WrestleMania, and we get seventeen more matches out of them probably by the end of the year. I love that. I'm into that. I'm into that, but only if when she wins the rumble, the dispute is no, you still can't go for the title. And then they try to figure right. that so out. Some you know? weird. Yeah. Maybe some yeah. wacky shenanigans. Maybe she says Bailey, she can't challenge Bailey while Bailey's still champion. So maybe Sasha costs her the title and then helps her win it back. Maybe that's a weird idea, but something the WWE would do. Unrelated, uh, which wrestler do you think has the stinkiest dookie, Zach? <laughs> uh, is Mabel still a viable answer? Yes. And it's Mabel. Yeah, I would go with that too. I disagree. I think it's someone who, who, who well, okay, yeah, I guess because Mabel ate unhealthy. But I, it's usually like the skinny fat guys have the worst smelling shit. Like a CM Punk would have bad smelling shit. You think so? Yeah. I think it's going to be a Matt Riddle. There's a lot of protein shakes going through that guy. Great point, too. Plus, he's walking barefoot all around, going barefoot barefoot to the outhouse. Yikes. <laughs> WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Hell in a cell match. I am going to go with Drew McIntyre for this because I think, I think after last Monday, we saw Braun go over on Keith Lee. I think that the next... Matt, the next program they're angling for is going to be Braun and and Drew. Robert, I agree. I think that I think that Drew needs the win. I think that that last pay per view finish where like thirty five legends showed up to help him kind of weaken him in a little bit. I think him in the first time his first time in Hell in a Cell, he needs to prove how tough he is. And fuck finishes in a Hell in a Cell don't work because there's no rules. So I think him beating Randy Orton in the end uh, is what will do wonders for him, especially if Edge is not in uh, shape to come back soon for his rematch with Randy Orton. Scotty. Yeah, I think Drew wins. Unfortunately, uh, I'm not super looking forward to this match. I, I, I don't know what they could do to make me care. I mean, you think this feud is going well? Because I, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to gauge what you guys think. I, I liked it up until SummerSlam. I haven't liked it as much since SummerSlam. Yeah, it's very skippable. I mean, they, they literally, what, they ended Raw with, like, not showing you what what ha what happened? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you could say the same thing about the Kingston moxley thing from two weeks ago right but no i mean they started beating him up and then all they did is continue beating him up i mean raw ended with mcintyre closing the cage yeah uh I, i'm sure that they were super happy about that finish it's not like i made a shitty tweet about how fucking dumb it was and randy orton liked it about 10 minutes later uh really? so i'm sure <laughs> hypothetically theoretically i may have written some fairly disparaging things about how dumb that finish was and one of the two competitors in that hell in a cell match was like like um yeah that was a weird decision on their part and then the fact that they had to come out after and say that's how we meant to end the show as opposed to just it looking ill-timed uh that's always a good sign 
Jeez. They can make up for it if they open the show with him, you know, with just a continuation of that. He closes the gate and then we start the match. <laughs> They've been there the whole time. Yeah. Pacing back and forth looking at each other. <laughs> um, Scott, who do you got? Oh, I got McIntyre for sure. No, oh, you already said it? Yeah. Uh, I, and- oh, I mean, he's the best thing that. I think I could easily go to Orton, but, you know. And uh, last but not least, oh, Zach, who do you got for this? McIntyre. All right. And finally, the Universal Championship. Hell in a Cell, I quit match. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. There is no way in hell that Roman Reigns loses this match. I mean, instead of me going around, does anyone think Jay Uso has a shot here? Oh, no. All right. So those are our Hell in a Cell. It would be so weird if Jey Uso won the title. It would I, just it, make no it, sense. With is this an I quit match? Yeah. Yes. That's going to be interesting and emotional. I'm I'm expecting tears in this one. And maybe. Uh, wow, maybe you guys like, aren't going like, to cry. You're going to leave me hanging on that. Maybe I mean yeah, it should be an emotional event. I really hope they don't like. They can't go comedy, right? They can't like halfway through like. Like, he gets Jey Uso to say I quit, but then Rikishi comes out and gives Roman a stink face or something. Nobody no, wants that. It's going to be, oh, my God, he should push Rikishi off the top of the cell like uh, like the Armageddon match. The end is near. Number 10, our final. We don't have the rights to that song. Is that we had to this, cut it off so quickly? Like Jericho. <laughs> yeah, Dan got all red and sweaty. Lucha <laughs> Otis. I loved it. Uh, but you, you know, you guys probably had different thoughts. What are the craziest examples? Of rest- First off, do you like Lucha Otis? Second, what are the craziest examples of wrestling cultural appropriation? And third, are there any ones you would like to see? I'll say I like it. I'll say the craziest example of wrestling appropriation. A lot of people are going to say, you know, Roddy Piper and blackface, and that is certainly an answer. But I don't consider I- that appropriation, though. Yeah, I guess that was just racism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. Because like my answer, the oddest one, and this wasn't really weird, but was when uh James Ellsworth was wearing the kabuki mask. Like for me, that was just like a nightmare. It was just I was like, what fucking bad strain of peyote did I just have? This is every reason to not have DMT. And I guess maybe you could make a maybe you could make a a case for Matt Riddle's hair too. How about you, Scott? What do you think? Do you like this? Well, Santino is an Italian, right? Like, he's not an Italian guy. Am I wrong about that? Santino Morello was like, he's like from Turkey or something. And he's like, mamma mia, I could be wrong. <laughs> I always thought early John Cena, so I mean. With Vince and he's like, hey, so you're from, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Tur- Italy. I'm from Italy. <laughs> Just, <laughs> the option was going to be way worse. I, I always thought, dude, if you rewatch early John Cena shit, it's like, and 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 no, no, no. This is this is my real answer. John Cena, every time he's in Boston, pretending he has a fucking Boston accent, that shit infuriates me. Do you remember that? Every time, every time oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. He becomes Mark it's gross. Oh, it's so gross. Robert? Yeah, that's my answer. All right, so a couple of things. First of all, uh, Santino Morella is Italian. He's from Canada. So he, he's not like, you know, Bapa de Pupi, but uh, they were in Milan and they were just like, here, you're going to be super Italian and go forward. 
um, a, a friend of mine saw him once at like a restaurant and he went and recognized him. And as soon as Santino realized how he recognized him, he slipped into the accent. So he started wow. doing it. So you got to admire the commitment. Uh, I, the, the, the Otis thing would have been fine if it was three minutes. If it was, he comes out there in the stupid getup, they, they do a, a, you know, a splash or something like that. And then the, the heels run away. Instead, the match went a very long time and ate into the main event finish. And that was what kind of bugged me. Because if it's a weird gag, get it out of the way and let it be done. But don't keep dragging it out. Um, I was going to probably say the Piper thing, but the, the one that I'm going to go to along the lines of Scott is Yokozuna isn't fucking Japanese. No. He's Samoan, right. but they always portrayed him as being Japanese. And it was, and it's like as a kid, I just bought it. And then I looked at it later. I'm like, he's not even fucking close to being Japanese. But they well, were just so like, when you were a kid, when people found that out, they people would just go, yeah, okay, same thing. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I grew up in a very racist neighborhood, apparently. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Well, no, I mean, when I was a kid, I grew up in Jersey. If someone goes he's not Japanese. He's, I go, it doesn't matter if he's not Irish or Italian, he might as well be Japanese. Well, it's, it's funny. I think it was like one of Yoko's last interviews. Um, and he just sounds, I mean, he sounds exactly like Rikishi, you know, it's, it's the same in a little bit of like Roman as the tribal chief now. And you're like, Oh, this guy was really cool. They should have just gone with this. He would have been a great baby face. Also, uh, Scotty Too Hotty was not too hotty, in my opinion. <laughs> and uh, Grandmaster Sexy was not a grandmaster of being sexy. I mean, they were both bumpkin faces. May who one of them rest in peace. Yeah, who would have thought that uh, Grandmaster Sexy, that's the one that's still alive, right? No. No. Oh, Grandmaster Sexy is Lawler's kid. Yeah, it's Lawler's kid. Jeez. Well, let's end on that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 wait. I do want to say this about Otis. Okay, sorry. So what I noticed online, because I liked the Otis thing, is people were saying, what's the use of the draft? That was kind of the idea. Why the fuck are you going to separate this team if you're just going to have them together? So the thing is, it's a funny thing to do. And that's why I'm okay with it because it is funny for them to try to force their team to still be together by him being masked and acting like he's not the guy. But the reason I don't disagree with people hating it and going, what's the point of the draft is they fucked up constantly with just transitioning guys back and forth after drafts anyway, that it, it can come off like that to some people, but that's not what they're doing. They're trying to be funny and they're trying to find like a loophole. Like Otis's character is finding a loophole in the draft. That's acceptable. It's not the it's not the writers finding a loophole. It's a character doing something, and, well, and part, making yeah. you aware of that. That's fine. I think part of the anger in that was because this is the same episode where they split up the iconics just to put Peyton Royce with Lacey Evans. Now, like, if you wanted them as a tag team, you could have just kept the iconics as a team. The idea of a draft is to create something new, and instead you're just creating another fucking random tag team, which yeah. is kind of strange. And that was kind of what I saw people get angry about in the same way it's like well tucker on his own i mean good luck to that guy he's going to be on main event against titus o'neill for the next seven years so it was fine to give this little moment of trying to put closure onto the storyline because they kind of had to do the draft but they never really paid off the otis uh Miz feud um I'm, I'm assuming that was otis under the mask <laughs> if not mandy rose is a whore and she's uh she's going after just nothing but chubby guys it was bray wyatt it could have been puff 
I don't know, man. I, I I was I was just glad because there was a moment after the match where the camera just like focused on Tucker for a little bit. I'm like, he's not fucking turning heel, right? Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a Tucker heel turn. No, he'll turn heel without Otis, and it'll make even less sense. <laughs> well, tune in on Sunday to hear us make even less sense on our Patreon. That was the worst plug I've ever given in my life. Hell on a Cell, it actually goes up Monday morning, so scratch what I just said. Uh, we have a new Instagram, Total 11 Marks. We have a, wrestle, a shirt that you can buy on Pro Wrestling Tees. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast. Scott, what do you got? Listen to my other podcast with comedian Brendan Stangelo, Garbage Days. It drops every Tuesday. Uh, please buy a shirt. Join the Patreon. Uh, the the pay per view shows are, are super fucking fun. And uh, I know we're going to have a, a blast reviewing this and insulting the, the red playset version of a Hell in a Cell that they've now had for the last oh, few years. fuck. I forgot about Ruins that. Every, every match. Robert? But we'll talk about that Sunday. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Uh, definitely subscribe to the Patreon because uh, it's one of the rare times I stay up past 10 o'clock at night to record that show. So... Uh, if I'm if I'm willing to put in the time and, and go to sleep at 11 p.m., uh, the least you guys can do is is tune in and listen uh, and uh, vote. Zach, wash your hands. Wash your goddamn hands. We'll see you guys next week.